With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode chuck and john will be back for an episode that will post on friday morning i know last week i told you guys we were going to switch our recording schedule around and we're going to get you a full episode on wednesdays for a while well that didn't really happen uh i think things are going to be fluid for the next little bit we will be giving you two podcasts a week as usual so just make sure you are subscribed to fast break breakfast so those will show up in your feed and you won't miss anything still generally trying to get an interview early week full show later in the week but with the nba finals being spaced out with the nashville predators playing in the stanley cup finals we're going to try to release them at a, at a good time where it fits in to those days off and we can find the times to do them so uh just bear with us we appreciate all you guys who do listen to all these episodes so just make sure you are subscribed so you won't miss anything today's episode is all about the utah jazz and the season they just wrapped up before we get there just one more reminder maybe we'll give you a couple more reminders go to fastbreakbreakfast.com and vote for the memorial magic alumni team to help the vanderbilt alumni guys get in the basketball tournament fastbreakbreakfast.com will redirect you to the team page then just click on the right of the page where it says become a fan of this team just make sure you verify your email address and that'll help out that Vanderbilt team to get in the basketball tournament and in the off chance they win the whole tournament you will have done our podcast a very big favor all right and now to talk about the jazz My guest today is the Utah Jazz beat writer for KSL.com and the managing editor of the Utah Jazz blog, Salt City Hoops, and a return guest, Mr. Andy Larson. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me again. It's been, what, September since we recorded the last one? It was September. You told me in September uh, you weren't much of a breakfast eater. So I'm curious. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is, is that still the case? That's still mostly the case. I got to admit, I'm still a you know, stay up late kind of guy. I wake up at you know ten or whatever, and then have my first meal of the day be lunch, unless it's a weekend. And then you know weekends are a little bit different. You can you you get your brunch foods, you know whatever waffle, etc. Then, but yeah, I'm still truth be told a weekday non breakfast eater. I don't know if you remember this, but you had a challenge in September, and that was to try hot chicken and waffles. Because you said you were a waffle man, but and you'd seen hot chicken and waffles offered, but had never tried them. So I'm curious. How, how I you have. Yes? 
I, I have tried it now, yes. Um, and in fact, a new chicken and waffle place just opened here in Salt Lake City. So that was, I, I don't remember when that was, probably January or something like that. But I've now been there, experienced the chicken and waffles, and indeed, it is, it's delicious. It, it's like a pairing that didn't make sense to me on paper, but it, um, yeah, it's great. It's good. But, and you're going hot. You're trying hot chicken. Yes. I love it. That's perfect. Well, what did you have? Uh, actually, what did you have? What was your lunch today? What was at least your breaking of the fast on this Wednesday? Lunch, <laughs> lunch today was Korean barbecue from this place uh, in Salt Lake called Cup Bop, which um, just basically serves Korean barbecue in a cup out of a food truck. So, yeah. That sounds amazing. See, that breakfast don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be a bowl of cereal. It doesn't have to be just fruit and granola or something. So you can start yeah, with no Korean matter- barbecue. Yeah. Is is that true? Like you know, whatever your first meal of the day is, it it counts as breakfast. I mean, I guess perhaps we have become one of the more authoritative voices on what uh, breakfast could be. But I think so. Eh, I mean, if you're breaking the fast, that's the point. I mean, we like to talk about breakfast <laughs> foods. We're not going to get in a big argument. You know, is it a sandwich or not? Is cheesecake a cake or a pie? Like I don't care about that stuff. You know, if you call it breakfast, uh, I think that's going to be okay with us. Um, okay. So, so, Andy, what is the take on the 2016-17 Utah Jazz season? Like, what's your report card for this last year? Like, you have to say it's pretty good, right? I, I guess we should go back to, do you remember what I said in September when, you know, we kind of previewed the season? Did What did I, do you remember what I said the Jazz would win in terms of number of wins or what I expected from the season? I don't remember specifically. I, I didn't refresh myself completely, but yeah. I, I assume I think we were talking about the Jazz reaching a ceiling of, of fighting for you know that home court in the first round, you know being being mm-hmm. in the conversation for home court in the first round. And I think that's kind of like they pretty much. I feel like they they fulfilled expectation this year, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I, I mean. That's kind of what I think as well, too. And you look at kind of all the injuries the Jazz had, too, from Gordon Hayward having a broken finger at the beginning of the season to George Hill being out for, I believe it was 25 games, and then also those three playoff games against the Warriors. Um, Derek Favors being nowhere near the contributor we thought he was going to be because of his injury situation. And, you know, you, you look up and down the roster and look at all, all those injuries Rodney Hood and another guy. Uh, and so for them to come out of it with 51 wins uh, and, you know, the fifth seed tied for the fourth seed, it has to, you know, it, it feels like a real success for the Jazz. Um, again, kind of depending on what happens in this free agency. So if the Jazz lose, though, in the first round to the Clippers, a series which obviously could have gone either way, you know, it comes down to the seventh mm-hmm. game in Los Angeles, the jazz pull it out. And I feel like that victory, just that one game seven victory validates a, cu- a couple years uh, of team building. I'm curious in the universe where the jazz lose that game seven or don't advance to the second round. W- can you imagine like, what do you think your take would be on this jazz season and the, the team building that's gone into it? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. I think you you would probably obviously be less optimistic. Um, I, you know, some of that I guess you could you could probably explain a lot of that away with the Rudy Gobert injury and say, well, he wasn't ever himself in the first round of that series. And so, if you have you know probably the league's best rim protector and one of its two or three best defenders out there, then things are different. But you know maybe you say that about Blake Griffin on the Clippers side too. So 
Um, I, you know, I, I think ultimately, even if you lose that game seven, the team is young enough. And so if you can keep it together, you still feel pretty good about what you're able to accomplish during the regular season. Um, although, yeah, obviously, you know, if, you know, Joe Johnson doesn't win two games for you, it's, it's a completely different story. And it's, it's kind of funny because Joe Johnson probably isn't in like the, the long-term picture for the Jazz, you know, as, as a 35-year-old who's only got a year left on his deal. But he, in many ways, kind of changed, I guess, how you, you would feel about the franchise, at least this, this year being a, a success or a failure. Yeah, I think we talked we talked in September about how maybe the Jazz had actually underachieved last year not making the playoffs. And again, yeah. unfortunately it's been consistently pointing to nagging injuries. There's always been that excuse, but now that we keep going into it, it's almost like well, do we just pencil those in? Like is that part of just <laughs> right. you know, is that is that part of the reality? I'm speaking as a Grizzlies fan where we look at our season like, man, if we get 65 games from Marcus Gasol and you know, 65 from Mike Conley, that's what we're hoping for. So Right. So with with the Jazz having slightly underachieved and then finally kind of, kind of coming through this year, I guess yeah, I feel like I feel like it does sort of validate, and it is one of those funny things where like the Grizzlies again beat the Spurs in two playoff games, and you're like, all right, we did it, like validation. We all yeah. feel, we, we, we all we all kind of feel okay about things we weren't feeling super good about. So that so now the Jazz going forward, if it is going to take the next step, which might be very difficult where because they have some significant free agents obviously mm. gordon hayward and george hill so what is the what are you thinking the free agent path is going to be for the jazz yeah i mean i think the path forward it, it's hard to come up with like a, a warriors beater path right just because i think and heck it's hard for any team but i think you kind of look at keeping gordon hayward obviously keeping probably keeping George Hill because he's, he may be the best option for the jazz to keep and, and spend that much money on the point guard position just because they, they have his bird rights. Um, keeping Joe Ingles, I think is, a, is an important thing as like a glue guy, as an outside shooter, as a good defender. Um, and then finding ways, I think, to make it work a little bit around your two superstars, which are maybe not superstars, but you know, kind of top 20 guys in Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert and maybe, you know, maybe you move Derek Favors for a stretch four um, and, and kind of have the offense make a little bit more sense. Um, you know, maybe you put some more spacing out there. At Boris Diaw definitely played too much this year. Um, and then the mm-hmm. Jazz's point guard problems are, are, are a big issue as well. So um, kind of, you know, upgrading around the edges a little bit. But I, I think this season showed that at least the core um, is meaningful enough that, like, you can, you can be a, a home court advantage in the first round kind of contender in the Western Conference for years to come, you know, almost in the way that the Grizzlies have built that. Yeah. From from an outsider perspective, the things I see in regards to George Hill, him not choosing to sign an incredibly lucrative extension with the Jazz during the season, and then it seems like in the postseason, I feel like I read something you wrote uh, yesterday that it sounded like Dennis Lindsay was saying, if George Hill got a got a max contract somewhere else, he would like kind of be happy for George Hill. Where it seemed to imply, if he got a, a max offer, like the Jazz weren't going to do that. Um, like, do, yeah. do you, So, do, do you feel like the tea leaves are reading that that he is kind of going to leave? Yeah, I mean, if I I completely agree with obviously if if Dennis Dennis said if if he gets a if he gets a crazy offer elsewhere, which you know max or close to it, then we'll say you know congratulations, you, we wish you well. And I, and I guess it, and he'd be, he'd be off the jazz next year. And so I think they're, they're definitely uh, 
okay or at least understanding of that possibility that uh, if he gets a lot of money, then they'll have to go elsewhere in free agency. And I, I think that's when you start to look at the other point guards out there. Um, and in particular, I'm thinking Drew Holiday, who I think is, is a nice fit for the Jazz um, and also has a relationship with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Um, Snyder having coached him and kind of been his player development coach in Philadelphia. So um, there's some mutual affinity there that may work out from a free agent point of view if George Hill does get that crazy offer, which I think uh, Dennis pretty clearly indicated would be kind of too rich for his blood. Why was a three-year extension, I think at the max, you know, like $25 million a year, like why was that okay where a four-year offer, is it just that, that one extra year is re- the, the Jazz look at it and say like that's, you know, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back? Yeah, and I think uh, so. It, it, it would be a three-year at the current at his current max, and then he would have he would get a bit. He's eligible for a bigger max this year, is is what mm-hmm. I understand. So, and what the Jazz would be able to do is use some of the cap space they had in the 2016-17 season, where they actually ended the season with the league's lowest payroll and 14 million dollars of cap space, and use some of that money this year to kind of push forward some of those costs for that three-year max deal. So um, it was basically kind of an opportunity for the Jazz to use that cap space now rather than using bigger, more important cap space later as this team tries to build into a contender. Yeah, I'm a pretty big George Hill fan and was still kind of stunned that he didn't want to take that deal. Looking at the yeah, looking at the money he'd made in his career, which which in an NBA scale wasn't that much, it, it felt strange for him to turn that down to me. Yeah, and I think he, you know, so he was a guy who signed a, he came out of college at 22 and then signed the, you know, obviously the original rookie contract and then signed a five-year deal after that. So he hasn't been a free agent yet at all, and he's he's turning 31. So I think he really wanted to go through this free agency process and kind of be shopped by teams. And, and I think he saw what Mike Conley made last year and said, you know, I, I can get that for me too. Um, whether or not he actually can in kind of a very different market is yet to be determined. But um, from what I understand, his agency, he, he, his agent is not a agent for any other NBA player um, and was apparently difficult to contact or was, uh, you know, maybe not what you would expect from an NBA level agent. And from what I understand, Hill made a lot of that decision himself. So, um, you know, again, it may be, it may be that he thinks he can get more money out there and, and is willing to take that money if, if it does come. If he'll, yeah. Move, Cause I was surprised like you. Yeah. If, if he'll moves on, do you, how do you assess the trade for him where you gave up the 12th pick in last year's draft? Like, would you still do that trade knowing that he would move on? Yes. Yes. So long as Gordon Hayward stays right. Like I think if you don't sign George Hill and have the kind of the other platter of point guards that the jazz could have signed or uh you know or the backup point guards whatever that looks like and you only win say 48 games last year or 47 games and you end up with the seventh seed and then you lose in the first round you know i think those are big deterrents to gordon hayward signing re-signing with the jazz you know all of a sudden uh, a five seed where you won in the first round looks very different than when you were not even close in the Western Conference picture. So I, I think so long as Gordon Hayward stays around and George Hill, Gordon Hayward, both Indiana guys, they're kind of they're friends with each other, both young daughters or young children, I should say, 
Um, I, I think then you call it a success just uh, also because honestly, the 12th pick in the draft last year wasn't worth that much in a pretty weak draft. Yeah. Although Taurine Prince would like to have a word with you. He's looked, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's <laughs> a, you know, a legitimately good role player. Um, but you know, if it helps you keep Gordon Hayward, you, you give up those guys. So in the pursuit to keep Gordon Hayward, the big story was him not making one of the all NBA teams. So thus not being eligible for the supermax, the designated player exception thing. Um, in a best case scenario for the jazz, isn't that kind of a good thing? Like as far as them approaching the luxury tax, maybe for the next couple years, it seems like best case scenario for the jazz is he, he, he isn't eligible for this large contract and, and yet he still stays. Yeah, no, completely agreed. I mean, I, I guess maybe not in that he couldn't get you have him for one fewer year is the only reason I can think that you wouldn't want that, but you're right. You save, you know, five to $8 million over the life of every each year on your salary cap for the life of that contract. And so I, I think it makes a, a lot of sense. What you said, if, if so long as Gordon stays, I mean, I think if he had gotten all NBA, there's a hundred percent chance that he, he stays in Utah. He's just not turning down that much money. But um, if he does end up coming back here to the jazz, then I, I think, yeah, you're right. Then it, it's best case scenario. Yeah. And, and obviously the talk is all a lot of Brad Stevens talk and him maybe going to the Celtics, but it, it seems like the word, the word out of Utah is it, it, it could go either way. Like there isn't a ton of confidence you know, people feel like he might, but it seems like this is a legitimately one of those things where a guy's up in the air. Um, I, I think, I think people here are pretty confident actually that he'll stay. In terms, I, I think his family likes it here a lot. Um, you know, I, I spoke to a jazz executive today who, again, was feeling pretty confident that he would stay, and I was actually pretty exasperated by all of these. You know what? What do the Celtics look like with Gordon Hayward things? Because they, they, he really does feel like Gordon Hayward is is nearly a sure thing to stay here in Utah. I mean, with with the billboards and how the community has supported him, with the Jazz being able to offer him more money than anyone else, and just as good of a a basketball situation, I think the Jazz kind of look at it as like, you know, why why would you ever leave here? And I, I think it's kind of that's the early reception from people who are close to Hayward as well, whether that be jazz players like Joe Ingles or George Hill, George Hill said Hayward's heart is in Utah. Joe Ingles said that he thinks all the, the free agents, including Gordon want to stay here. Um, so it, it kind of sounds like jazz in the, that bird seat in terms of being able to, to keep Hayward. It just feels like it would be a whole lot more comfortable except for that Kevin Durant last left last year. Right. And was everyone kind of thought the same thing with him in Oklahoma city. But, um, you know, if, if he does leave, I think it'll be a surprise to people in the organization and people in the community here. A couple of the jazz's role players who are obviously going to be big call or crucial cogs on if the jazz continue their progress and, and to keep getting better are, um, Rodney hood, Dante Exum, uh, Derek favors. And the weird thing about those three guys is, I feel like I, well, in Rodney Hood's case, I feel like I understand him less after this season than I did last year. Like, like I, I, I'm not sure what happened. Like, like, did, did he plateau or was it just struggling with injuries was the big issue? Like how's his progress going as an NBA player? I I think he'll say he was really affected by the injuries really kind of all season long. And that's what, uh, that's what limited him to this extent. Um, cause I, I think, you know, you look at the stats and he put up 
roughly the same kind of production as last year. I do think there's some evidence for what he said. I mean, he, he went to the free throw line less than any year in his career so far. So, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that you would expect would go down with an injury like that. I, I think he, he defended less well than he has at any point in his career so far. But, and again, that that seems like the kind of thing that would probably be correlated with, with the injury as well. So I, I, I think it's fair to question Rodney Hood's um, upper-level ceiling, I guess. Uh, you know, given he he's, was a uh, was an old draftee um, and has been in the league for a couple of years and, and hasn't really improved um, beyond what he was in his rookie season or at least his sophomore season. But I, I think it's fair to give him some benefit of the doubt for the injuries. I, I, I definitely think he'll be a part of the Jazz's roster next year. And, you know, your, your hope is that he shows something else um, with health and time on the floor and those sort of things to – I mean, still be basically improve his shooting from outside, maybe become a more efficient player and get to the rim a little bit more, uh, get to the free throw line and then figure out how to defend consistently like he did in his first two seasons actually really well. Um, so I think I think there's still mostly optimism about Rodney Hood. Is there still optimism about Dante Exum, who kind of finally got to play some more? He showed some flashes second half of the season of being like like a, a regular contributor. So like like what what are we seeing from Dante Exum, and or what exactly is his position on a basketball court? So uh, he I asked Dennis Lindsay about Dante, and and he said he kind of can play any position from one through three, which kind of indicates to me that they don't really know what position Dante is best at yet. I mean, they, they played him mostly off the ball at the last half of the season, which I think reduces his ability to make mistakes with the ball in his hands. I think that was the biggest thing that frustrated Quinn Snyder and, and why he wasn't getting playing time during the first half of the year. Um, but then you move him off the ball and he's also a pretty bad outside shooter. So that doesn't make a lot of sense either. Kind of his best ability right now offensively is, is catching the ball, pump faking and driving to the rim and, and kind of smarter teams kind of realized that and just, just played off him. So he, he couldn't do that. Um, but there's still flashes there, especially in transition. He's really good at attacking that. Uh, it's just kind of, they need some level of NBA talent beyond his athleticism and his speed. And right now the jazz coaches haven't seen that. And I think they're kind of down on him until proven otherwise. Um, it's his fourth year and I guess he's ex- eligible for an extension this summer, but I can't imagine him or his agency signing one with his role so up in the air. Um, heck, even you know, backup point guard isn't a, a sure thing. They're definitely not. Pen, they're not putting in his name in permanent marker in, in that backup point guard spot just because I don't know that the team trusts that they can get a good level of production for him even at, at that spot. So um, lots of work for Dante left to do. This is kind of his first off season where he hasn't either torn his ACL or. Uh, been working with the Australian national team all all year, so or all summer long. So I think there's an opportunity there for him to get better. But um, you know, that's kind of been the plea from Dennis Lindsay to him is we need you to work as hard as we um, want you to in order to kind of get to that next level from a skill wise skill point of view because he's he's just not there yet. I think that's one of the talking points I, I have regularly heard about him as far as that summer thing. Like, oh, he's he's never had a summer. Like he's always been busy. So right. that, that is the jazz fans are, are leaning on that uh, much like uh, Grizzlies fans are leaning on the hypothetical drill Martin NBA player. It's yeah. always, <laughs> he's never had a summer. Hey guys, he's never had a summer. Like don't, don't, don't worry about it y- yet. Um, 
looking at, at and yeah, it's still year four, right? Like it's, yeah. it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, at some point you have to make a decision regardless of whether or not they've had a summer. <laughs> right. Um, looking at team building and if they do re-sign Gordon Hayward and keep George Hill or get another point guard who makes a decent amount of money, the jazz are, are suddenly going to start racing towards that luxury tax. Is there any indication that they might, end up doing like a salary dump where they package a pick to maybe the nets to try to get rid of Alec Burks or, or to get, maybe you would have to include a pick, but just to get rid of Derek favors just for the salary relief. Yeah. I I think for Alec Burks, that's, I think that's probably in the cards. Um, I would say probably this off season just to get rid of that salary. And so you can give that money basically to Joe Ingles instead. Um, Otherwise, it becomes very hard to avoid the luxury tax, which, uh, you know, Dennis said that they would be probably willing to dip their toes into, but I don't think you want to do it for Alec Burks. So <laughs> I think they may have to use one of those picks to um, get, you know, dump that salary and see if they, if the Nets or the Sixers or one of those teams will take a flyer on a young guy who has shown a lot of talent and could, you know, do some things with the ball in his hands. Um, Derek Favors, I think, does it, I, I think Derek Favors' contract is, is less about the money compared to the production and more about just his fit on the floor next to Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, he was definitely injured this season, but I think the biggest question for him is his role in the offense was so usurped by Rudy Gobert using all of the pick and rolls. Um, and really, that's Derek Favors' best offensive skill is rolling to the basket and finishing at the rim when he's healthy anyway. Uh, and so he no longer will have that role on this team for the foreseeable future with Rudy Gobert having the four-year extension. So given that I think they're just better personnel fits next to Gobert um, that can take advantage of, of his unique talents. I read today, I saw today, and I think it was recent. There's still some talk about, as far as point guard help or backup point guard help, about a Darren Williams homecoming. Is that a thing people yeah. in Utah would, would be okay with? I think that's the thing people would be okay with um, here. I mean, I think Darren, first of all, all of these things come from Darren Williams and his camp. Darren still spends (laughs) his summer here in Utah, um, wants to come back desperately. I think he he recognized that he did wrong in in how he left the franchise and and how he treated Jerry Sloan near the end. I think he would relish a chance to come back to Utah and finish his career here. Um, I don't know how much the team wants him here. And in particular, the team had the opportunity to acquire Darren Williams for nothing, just, you know, like the Cavs or anything else did. The Mavs would have traded Darren for a second round pick at at tech, like a top 55 protected pick, you know, Um, just so that they wouldn't have to waive him and get them off their books immediately after the trade deadline. And the jazz still said no. So to me, I think the reason there is because of, Gordon Hayward doesn't like Darren Williams very much um, because of their rookie se- his rookie season and kind of the, the prima donna attitude that Darren had here. And so I think while Jazz fans would be okay with it, I don't think Gordon Hayward and some of the leaders on this team, men, you know, Derek Favors, honestly, too, would be thrilled with it. And right now, since the Jazz are, again, all about keeping Gordon Hayward, that's the most important thing about this free agency, it just wasn't worth the risk to, to acquire Darren. So I don't see that changing so long as Gordon Hayward's on the team. That sounds good. All right, last thing. What is your what is your favorite moment? It could be it could be a specific moment or just a, like a general storyline. What what was your favorite part of the Jazz's last season? That's a great question. Um, 
I love the hmm, so Rodney Hood game winner against Dallas um, early in the season was really great. Um, just kind of a, a I, that dude is is a lot of fun to watch and is so nice too. He's is a, a treat to cover. Um, I, I got I guess I got to go from a season perspective though. Like just Rudy Gobert's uh, rise from from being you know a good defender, but this year to being like one of the biggest impact players in the league. I mean, he was sixth in RPM last year, um, did so much offensively that I didn't think we would ever see from him, quite frankly. I mean, I kind of envisioned his ceiling as a Tyson Chandler type, and he's surpassed that already. I mean, Tyson Chandler, he he scored four more points per game uh, last year than Tyson Chandler ever did in his career. So kind of seeing his growth and, and him developing into a superstar, I think was probably my favorite part of the season overall. That's perfect. When I, when I mentioned to start talking about how, you know, like the, the playoff series win was a validation of, of the jazz team building. I also feel like his fans like Rudy Gobert making second team, all NBA is another like validation of just being an NBA mm-hmm. fan when, when the guy you, you pull, pull for, and it happens, you know, in a small market, in a team that's not on national television all the time, and in a universe where 28 of our teams are not the Cavs or the Warriors, and we're looking at other stuff, it is fun. Like, like it's cool. Like, I remember when Marcus Gasol made a all-star game, you know, like, like, or Zach Randolph made yeah. an all-star game, you know? So, like, I do think that's really cool, like, for the Jazz, for a pretty soft-spoken guy who the average NBA fan isn't that aware of, probably, you know, when Rudy Gobert gets that second-team All-NBA, and people are like, who? So, I think that's really cool. Yeah, like, I remember Baron Davis tweeted out about it and was like, why did Rudy Gobert make it over any, you know, well, because he's a center and is actually really, really good, so... Yeah. I think the Jazz, I think that first round playoff win was a big step in kind of showing the rest of the world to what we've seen in Utah over the last 82 games, or the first 82 games, anyway. Right. Thanks so much for uh, joining us again, Andy. Uh, tell people where they can uh, see your stuff online and follow you. Yeah, uh, I write for KSL.com. We're the NBC affiliate here in Salt Lake City. So um, KSL.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Andy B. Larson. That's perfect. Thanks a bunch, man, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See ya. All right. Thanks to Andy for coming on the show. Appreciate his input. Check him out on Twitter. Follow his stuff. Thanks again to all you guys listening. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. We passed the $200 a month in support, which is kind of cool. Pretty neat. We're going to start having some listener questions from our Patreon folk show up on the shows. We're looking forward to that. And we're always looking for new ways to interact with those people as we figure out what people want and what people want to pay for. If you want to join our Patreon and become like those awesome folks who are helping us out, you can go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember... Breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being GNG. Fan break, break, man. You understand? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.